I just, I, I, I just want to know, like, what was your plan? Like, okay, say one of you saved your friend. What are the <laughs> other four of you gonna do now that you're out? <laughs> it's just like, oh man. Oh, and like, God, so funny. Hello everyone and welcome to the new year. I hope everyone had a great holiday season and I'm excited to kick off 2018 with the third episode of the Dodgeball Podcast featuring Paige Peterson out of Chicago. Here we go. Alrighty, so I'm here with uh, Paige Peterson. Paige, thanks for um, giving me some of your time this evening. Um, looking forward to talking to you. Um, Happy to be here. Awesome. Before I get into some kind of crazy lengthy intro, I'll just go ahead and let you do that part. So um, let's just start with what team you play for currently. I am currently playing with Chicago Rogue. That's my open and pinch team. And then I'm playing, this is my first season with Ride or Die and my first season <coughs> with uh, Havoc for COVID. So two new teams. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. So, ride or die, is that Billy's team, Billy Schmidt? Who, too? Who, who, what team is ride or die? Ride or die is the women's team from... Oh, okay. What is that? California. It's all the same to me. Ride or die. I I don't know if I'm confusing that with another team name, like another new COA team. There's there's Heidi, there's Alyssa, uh, Lisa, Duncan. I don't know. It's just a bunch of new players that I've I've known, but I've never played with them. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a brand new, brand new thing. Nice, and that's gonna be for the elite season. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna fly out for the West Coast elites and play with them. Nice. That's why we talked about this earlier. We might get to face off against each other. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I'm so excited. Are you uh, are you going to Sin City? I don't know if we covered yeah. that. Yeah, oh, I'm really sweet. excited for that too. It's my first year. Oh, crazy! So I'll see you in a couple days then. Great. Yeah. And all my glory of being slow and old and slowly getting back into the game. How old are you? I don't even know. Um, 34. You're young. So they say. I appreciate that. Some, <laughs> most people aren't, aren't so kind. It's, it's the gray hair. Like even when I was 20, I was still to- told I was the old man. But, silver um, fox, right? That's what it's called? Yeah, silver fox or gray fox or um, age better with wine, something like that. So I'll take it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Um, okay, so Ride or Die is your women's team, and did you say Rogue was your co-ed team? Uh, Rogue is my open and pinch team. Oh, crazy. Yeah, and then Havoc is my co-ed team. So, so you're, Havoc, you're playing... Ride or Die are brand new for me. So you're playing pinch, that's right, NCDA, right? Yeah, that's how I started, but it's definitely not my favorite style anymore. No? Do you, um, no. is it... Do you just play because it's another division and you figure, why not? Yeah, I mean, that's that's my team. The Chicago Rogue's my team, so if they're going to play open and pinch, I'm going to play open and pinch. Yeah. That's so awesome. I yeah. Yeah, I did that Good. once. I was like, I guess uh, my team's doing pinch, so I guess I'm doing pinch, and then afterwards, I was like, no, not again. I'm done with this. This is... Uh, why does the West Coast... Do my body. <laughs> I don't understand why you guys hate it so much. Oh, man, Yes. I love these questions because I can put my theory into them. And um, I think the reason why the West Coast hates Pinch Now is because that was banned by the NDL. So <clears throat> I, if I recall correctly, and I'm almost confident I am, but I'll, I'm sure people will correct me, um, Pinch came from L.A. Uh, I know Tucson started pinching way back in the day, like back in 2004, 2005. You remember Mason, right? Yeah, so like he showed us how to pinch and then ever since then we thought we had this crazy advantage over everyone else and we're just going to go to the ndl and we're just going to roll people and um unfortunately we couldn't get our young little fingers around those brand new slick balls so we it wasn't really that much of a factor but um once we started to play more with la people and we found out that they were pinching also we realized it wasn't so much like a unique tucson thing and I think um, a lot of teams try to take that into the National Dodgeball League World Championships. And so I think it was like 2007, 2006 or seven. Ed banned pinching. And so it was kind of like a, 
I was kind of like a villain for a little while. I told people back in Tucson, hey, you know what? Uh, we can't pinch in the NDL anymore, so no more pinching, period. It warps balls. It's not allowed. It's going to cripple us in our ability to uh, be competitive, so we have to learn how to throw like regular people. And I think that kind of is what happened with uh, the rest of the West Coast. So if I, be, if I may be so bold to answer your question, I think that's why. Um, Just because it, got, it was it was not allowed? Yeah, I mean, for us, um, you know, we didn't have the crazy chain of NCDA organizations and the, uh, the tournaments that you guys had. Our, our de facto competitive organization was the NDL. Like, they, their word was law for the longest time. And so it didn't really do us any good to continue pinching for the tournaments that we really wanted to compete in. So yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's at least, like, the turning point. Now I think it's just... It's like me and the reason why I hate foam. I hate foam because it's just harder. Like people now, everyone can throw at me and it's not like, you know, you have to be like Justin Acton and you have to like be some kind of crazy airbender curving 8.5 balls at me to, to get a good shot. Yeah. It's now everybody can do that with foam. Like it, I guess it, um, it's like people a pride thing. People do it with foam. Don't even need to do it with foam. Yeah, like you, I don't even know what people do with foam balls now. Like they like teleport or they do quantum leaps or they just phase shift into like my leg from opposite directions. It's crazy, but like yeah. that's not as impressive as somebody doing that with an eight point five ball. And so yeah. with pinch, I think it's like, you know, are you are you cool and happy with the fact that you can throw as hard as you can normally, or do you have to like rely on some kind of and forgive me, um, I don't want to say like a crutch, but like some kind of hack where you can manipulate the ball in such a way that it gives you extra power. But where I get shut up is when I watch pinch players play against other pinch players. That is so intense and so insane. And the plays that people do, like, uh, I've seen one guy from the north, like, catch, I think, two pinch throws at him, left and right, single-handedly. I was like, okay, cool. Well, that just nullifies all arguments about pinch requiring no skill at all because that took so yeah. much skill. So um, and if you look at especially Dynasty, because I think, I think all of them, they're all NCDA players, but when they play, it's just, it's like a totally different level. So. Yeah, it's it's intense. I mean, it's it's like the hard hits that you, I guess, might have used to experience during 8.5. Like, I don't want to say 8.5 has gotten softer. Heaven forbid Billy or Ketchum, like, throw at me now, and I take that back and I eat my words. But, like, there's something about, like, the hits that pinch throws land that are just insanely impactful and... You, know, you get that yeah. for that thud or like that holy crap I think that guy just got knocked out or something like yeah. that <laughs> um, yeah so do you pinch too or do you just do you play normally like how is I guess there's a lot of questions coming with that one let me slow down do you pinch uh, first of all yes I do I like pinching the ball I think it's it's the only way that I can throw the 8.5 underhand so it changes a little bit how the ball comes in um, but I think for the most part when we're when we're up at the attack line, I'll throw overhand. So just depending on where we are in the game, I'll throw underhand or overhand. But I, I like pinch. I think it's, I think it's kind of, it makes me throw harder than I would be able to just regular open, and that helps for sure. Because a lot of people, especially from the West Coast, don't have the kind of accuracy that you need. And when we pinch a lot in the North, we practice it. So we go to nationals, we play West Coast teams, and the West Coast players are throwing balls either straight down to the ground or ten feet above our heads, and it's it's <laughs> it definitely it's a little bit different. It does require some skill, so I, I like pinch. It's terrifying sometimes, but I like pinch. I think that might be another reason why. Again, if if you don't do it regularly, you're going to be opposed to it. You're going to want to be inside with the things that you're used to. So, um, I we played in that. Um, it was like the elite. What was it? It was a 2013, like California Open or something. It was like a it was a pinch elite tournament right after the West Coast series, and um, I was like, oh, pinching, whatever, I can do this. I just need a couple balls and I'll be good. No, like I, it was a diminishing skill, and um, you know I w would have a ball and I think I'm gonna like just destroy somebody and it lands, you know, four feet in front of them or <laughs> ten feet over them. I'm like, well, this is dumb. <laughs> like this isn't how I remember this. So no, yeah, your fingers. If you don't do it a lot, your your whole forearm, your fingers, you can't hold on to the ball. So oh, it's yeah, nice to have get... three rounds where we practice pinching, and then we go to nationals, and it's like, but it's the last thing we do, so our arms are shot anyways. Like this last one, 
I could I could I could barely squeeze the ball because it was my my whole entire arm was just crapped right. out from the rest of the entire weekend. So would you say that um, you know when you play pinch, does that require like a different time frame of recovery, or is it just it's dodgeball? I'm going to hurt regardless. Like, do you feel like it takes it's, a different toll on your body? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit different. I think you can get more torque with your arm. So I always get a little bit more sore in my elbow after pinch. Um, and that's actually how I tore my labrum was playing pinch. So I'd say, yeah, you, it's a little bit different. <laughs> so for yeah, sure. Intense. Yeah. Um, so that actually reminds me of something. So do you... Um, not to segue too much in or out of pinch, but uh, what other sports do you play? I remember, like, you, you play softball, correct? Yeah, I played for I think like twelve years of my life, twelve very long years, and that definitely helps with uh, with the throwing. And I pitched, I think, for maybe nine nine or ten of those years. Dang. So that's how I know how to throw underhand, at least relatively well. Yeah, I remember seeing that. So when I came back from my deployment, that's basically when I remember you just showing up. I was like, oh, there's a really aggressive, talented female plane. That's awesome. No idea where you came from. Yeah, I was in Tucson. I was just like, oh, there's a page here. And then I was, um, I think I talked to you maybe, or I just found out like you were kind of, you're seasonal. So I was like, oh, that's a bummer because totally could have used you for like elite and all that other stuff. But um Yeah, you just like appeared out of nowhere. So um. it's kind of funny because I started playing NCDA and then I showed up at that open gym, and you guys were all elite, and I didn't know that elite was even a thing. So I think it was like two years later. That's when I started playing elite, and I found out that I knew like, you and Dylan and and Chris Bell and uh, who else played Stephanie Baxter, and I was like, oh my god, I know all these people already that I met two years ago at Americana Open Gym. So. That's funny. Yeah, it's cool. So you, um, yeah, that's right, because you, you were, you're from Tucson, but you went to school in Chicago, right? Yeah. And then you would just come during, like, Christmas break, so your your time here would be really limited, and you'd yeah. go off and do NCDA. A couple weeks in the summer, a couple weeks over Christmas, and that was it. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember watching you throw, and I was like, yeah, she definitely probably still plays softball. That was insane. Like, it was it's just like another, I don't know, something about softball. Like I, I once, um, in high school, I dated, um, this girl that played softball. She's a great pitcher. Um, she actually was, uh, Jenny Finch's rival. If, um, if you know that person. Um, so she was really good. She, uh, she stopped after high school, so I don't think she made it too far, but she, uh, she's practice and play with, uh, Jenny Finch. And I, that's why I know the name. Um, but Special. she uh, she would have me like try to catch for her, and it was just not hard. To, it was not easy to do. Like I was just like I could not figure out where the ball was going to come from, and yeah. she pitched really fast. I was like, well, I'm kind of a coward, but whatever. Like don't want to die. I don't want to get like sent to the hospital by my girlfriend. But it's just that's something I just could never uh, get used to. And it's just funny watching somebody with softball experience who can actually grip a ball, who can actually rip them. And seeing people like get their legs tripped up, or they just they have no idea it's coming. It's like it's a sick kind of satisfying thing to watch. Yeah, but you know the other sport, and I know it's it's really weird, but uh, I don't. You know, do you know Jess Sexton? I think she moved to Florida semi recently. Uh, I do not know. I okay. Well, I talked to her. I think it was like two years ago at Kelly's uh, San Diego tournament, and she's a goalie, a soccer goalie, or that's that was her background, and the girl catches everything. And she can throw too. So, I mean, that was something I wouldn't expect because soccer, you don't do a whole lot of throwing. But she, I mean, she's just athletic. So, I, that was yeah, you, I was I was unexpected for me. You're you're athletic, and you're you kind of I guess trained to attack the ball. Like you don't want it to go past you. So maybe that kind of takes away the fear that that flight or flight type of deal. I think I threw one ball at her, and she like dove sideways onto the court, rolled over the ball, and caught it. I was like, what the? What? Kidding? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you just got dumped on. Thanks. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Like, she did everything wrong that you're supposed to do. She reached, she dove in front of a ball, and she still caught it. And that's how we became friends. Nice. I get, yeah, I guess what else can you do at that point? Like, I guess we, we should be friends now. That was insane. I shouldn't do that, like, but cool. can't beat him, join him. 
Yeah. Um, any other sports that you played growing up that might have helped or just in general? Uh, really just softball. I mean, I played a little bit of basketball, but I couldn't make a layup, so I quit. Gotcha. And basketball's uh, yeah. rough. I was getting nervous, like, shooting at the last second, and then I would either I would just, like, throw it really weird, so I stopped that as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, no, pretty much just softball, and you train every day, so... Feel like you get enough work in. Gotcha. What? Um, <clears throat> so you you got your start then with NCDA. Yeah. And what 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 drew you to that? Like how how did you first start playing dodgeball? I was running around the track for some reason because I hate running, and I looked down and they were just playing dodgeball and I was like, well, that looks a lot more fun than what I'm doing. So I just went downstairs and asked if I could play, and they they said, sure. So that's how I, stupid, like a stupid start to NCDA, but that's how I started playing. And I was playing softball at DePaul at the time, so I couldn't go to any of the tournaments, but I could make the one, like, MSU Michigan tournament in the fall. So that was the one tournament I got to go to. And uh, I don't know, I just, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It was a great stress relief. Just getting to throw things at people. That's how I got started. That's pretty cool. So just some random, just going to run today and, hey, they're playing dodgeball, I want to go check this out type deal? Yeah, the best decision ever. I don't regret it at all. That's the thing. is like you can pinpoint that one decision and you, you look at everything that's come as a result, all the people you've met, all the experiences you've had, and you're like, wow, if I, if I yeah. didn't have the inclination to go play that day who knows what my life would be like now or that's that's always something i love to ask about people is like what was that one like deciding factor where you like said yes throwing dodgeballs or throwing balls at people sounds like a fun thing to do i'm down sign me up <laughs> it's such it's a better than throwing, like chairs or yeah i guess <laughs> other ways to deal with your with anger management mm. still have that so the um it's not, I don't want to say it's funny, but it's 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 just really cool how much um, how far competitive dodgeball has come in its own right, but also with women players. Like back in the day, and I should probably watch how often I say this, but you would be so hard pressed to find somebody like you who is not only down to play dodgeball, but is like down to play open and pinch, because like we used to have to drag people and if you had one competitive female player you were like you were wealthy if you had two you were just like my goodness because yeah. it was just so hard to get people to to play did you when you started was there a lot of already competitive female players or were you kind of one of the, the pioneers i guess well Would definitely not one of the pioneer pioneers i'd say Kat Takeda is probably the one that just kind of paved the road for a lot of women she uh She'd already graduated from DePaul by the time I started playing, but you know she'd come back for guest nights and like I've looked up to her for so long just because she's always the the girl that has played with the boys all the time. She's always the one that's throwing hard. She's making catches. She's doing everything that anyone else can do. So she's and I mean she's awesome too. So uh, love Kat. I love you, Kat. Um, <laughs> But she's definitely the one that kind of set the standard for women in the North. And so after her, I think it's it's been me. It's been Rebecca Chappell playing consistently NCDA, and she also plays open and pinch. Um, and I I think that they're the only two that consistently play open and pinch right now. Yeah, I saw but, that. Cat um, was ranked number two in the uh, Dodgeball Tribune's um, top. 20 players top 10 10 we don't have 20 gotcha yeah yeah i wasn't surprised with that i mean i try to remember i've always like knew of cat and then i remembered in the um the first elite nationals I, I just remember brett throwing at her and she jumped and caught it yeah and then i was like well that seems like the thing she would do because I, I i'm trying to place her like in my memory at that time and then, lo and behold, Brett does it again, and then she gets caught. 
And I don't know if I said this out loud, but I was like, you should probably stop doing that. Like, that's not somebody that you can just do that to without paying the price. And like, it's just awesome how it, it goes from like maybe one or two females that we can catch everything to like, that's almost like the standard. So it's now it's, we're going to line up, we're going to get as many people as we can to throw out this person, but one of us is probably going down. So let's at least make sure that A, they're not bringing in some monster that's going to wreck us like pie in and, and B, let's make sure that we actually get this person out. Otherwise it's just going to be a hard day for us. And it's just, well, it's the same thing with um, <clears throat> West coast. Um, specifically the players I'm specifically thinking of are Angelique, Brianna and Rolina. The three people that like, I will not throw at alone ever, no matter what situation I'm in. And if I do, I'm going to throw about five feet wide. Cause I know that if it's, if it's anywhere near them, they'll catch it. So, those are the three players that, like, I think they deserve the most respect in the West for catching, hands down. Yeah, I hate that feeling. You're just like, there's just, like, no real way I can come out of this cleanly. Like, I might get lucky, but... No. I, uh, and, like, every highlight video that I've seen of, like, when when, when Leek and uh, Rolina are on the court together and they both make catches at the same time. And there there's so many videos of those. It's like, I don't know why people keep throwing at them. I think it's just <laughs> stupidity at this point. Just stop throwing at them. <laughs> A little bit of pity and, and, and pride and just some kind of vengeance or, oh, yeah, I forgot. In the heat of the moment, I should not be oh, doing yeah, this I sort forgot. of thing. <laughs> That's usually my excuse is like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't learn the first 30 times. I should I should probably not do that again. I'm going to, but I really probably shouldn't. Yeah. You, um, I saw the sickest catch from Kate Gong during the, uh, the L.A. Classic tournament. Uh-huh. <clears throat> she was playing on a team with... Um, I think maybe Payan, but I know Catchin was next. So like it was one of those where it's it's Kate against uh, Vince's team, whoever that was. Um, so it was like a high stakes game, and I think it was even the championship. And she caught a no sing ball like with her two hands, like at her forehead. Like it, it didn't touch her forehead. She just plucked. She just like completely stopped it. And it was like I want to say Vince was the one that threw it. it. It was a hard throw. It was not like a simple lob or. Uh, an afterthought it was I want to hit Kate really hard so she drops this or I want to go through her hands and she she just said no not only is that not going to happen but I'm also going to bring Ketchum in who's going to be so f- amped up at this point he's going to take out the, the rest of the team and that's exactly how it played out and it was the sickest catch I've ever seen that's and amazing it was, and it is it's not even, has nothing to do with the fact that it was like no sting and or fun it was just pure intent catch this ball bring in the the winning plays and i was just like i i never want to be in that situation where i have to throw against k gong now because there's there's just nothing i could do and no sting balls are hard to catch too they just bounce out of your hands that's really that's yeah awesome. like it'd be impressive on any 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 kind of ball just the fact that she just plucked that thing just said just stopped it yeah. like i think like the whole room kind of went silent for a second and just that collective like <gasps> and then just catch him comes in lights everybody up it's a done deal and it was, it was just so cool and I, I hope that's on video somewhere it, it has to be it was like i've seen a lot of those live videos from the classic yeah isn't that crazy like we can watch um live stream videos now like we i mean talk about again the evolution of dodgeball like now if you can't make an event or you want to see how another region's doing somebody's live streaming that for you that's so cool yeah i was definitely watching as much as i could yeah, I remember. I remember being so jealous of uh, of of the NCDA because they actually had um, like I think like Fox Sports Network out there televising a couple games, and this is like back in two thousand five, six, seven ish around that time frame. I was like, man, I these guys that, really have their thing together. I think it was at round two in Chicago this last year. We had it was Mad City came, and they I don't know if you if you got to see any of that, but the live stream was amazing. They were commentators. It was just like a Wait, was that what we had for Nationals, too? Was that Mad City? Was it this past one? Because I wasn't there. Okay, yeah. Well, it might have been that. But it, was, it was like the same exact thing. There were commentators. There were different angles for the cameras. It was fantastic. That's so cool. So, yeah. Mad, was Mad City? Is that a network, or what's, what's Mad City? You know what? I'm not sure, but I think they're on Facebook. I'm not that knowledgeable about this topic. Hmm. I just know that it was really cool. Hopefully that continues because that would, um, that's just another thing to show people. Like, you know, you, 
you get the typical, oh, you play dodgeball just like the movie, haha, whatever. And then you show them like clips of actual like elite footage, and they're just like, holy crap, that's that's scary looking. That's intense. Like, I was watching the that. things like the top twenty plays from the UDC tournament today. There, it's just it's unreal. I don't know if you saw that, but it's pretty cool. I haven't checked that out yet. I can't I can't wrap my head around UDC. Like I like the ground too much right now. I want to be able to to jump and make sure that my knee's going to be where it's supposed to. Yeah, I agree. But um, I definitely kind of part of me wants to get into it just while I can, just because it, it just seems like it's it's like foam. Like you can have your objections to it, but at the end of the day, it still kind of makes you a better player. Same thing with no sting. Same thing probably with pinching, but trampoline. I mean, <laughs> but you'll never admit it. <laughs> Got yeah, it. It's it's one of those things where it's like yeah, it's such a what do you call it a, a bias that I have. I'll 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 work on that. It's okay. Do you, uh, do you play trampoline or, or do you do the UDC? You know, I, I like the ground a lot too. I couldn't make the tournament this year. I was out of town, so I was really bummed about that. Um, otherwise, I probably would have tried to find a team just to just to play, but I knew I wasn't going to be there. So, um, But I don't know. I think the trampoline's also not really my style. I'd rather have my feet on the ground. Yeah, for me, it's like some of these guys are already hard enough to hit, and so if I throw and they jump up and bust out with like a triple axle and still catch the ball, it's like, all right, I'm I'm going home. Forget this. Like, <laughs> no thanks. I think one of my weaknesses in playing when I did play trampoline was I've like tried to stay on the trampoline too much, and I, and like you're supposed to you know, jump, and I would supposed to move. I would try. Yeah, I would play like I played on on a hard court, and then. You know, it's not a hard court, so it just it didn't work out well. But it's just improvements to make. So that asks, or that gets me a good question. What is um, I guess what what is your favorite way to play dodgeball? Like your favorite format, favorite ball, preferred court? I guess. Like, do you have a preference? I, I mean, elite rules. I love elite rules. So definitely those. Um. I used to hate no sting. No sting has been growing on me, and I used to hate foam, but foam is growing on me too. Uh, I just like the smaller ball, so those are probably my favorite two styles. Um, but I, don't, I honestly don't know which one I like more. I don't know if I if I covered this, but what um, what is it about foam that you used to hate? I, well, because I, I used to play with the bigger, the eight. 0.25 inch ones and I, I can't get any movement on those I can't do anything with them so they just they just float in but I like since starting playing with the 7 inch we go to Canada for um, they're like 2v2 tournaments and I think that was the first time I played with the 7 inch foam and it's just it's a blast like you can throw overhand underhand you can actually hold on to the ball it's not like a, an 8.5 where you pump fake and it just slips out of your hand so I really like the foam <laughs> <laughs> and it's also less taxing on your fingers so I really I, I've come to really enjoy that yeah it's um <clears throat> we're kind of at a almost like a dry spell here in Arizona but foam is basically the next option right now before the no sting season starts so it's mm -hmm. like no, if you want to play dodgeball it's, it's foam or nothing and so you know, I'd rather play foam than nothing, and yeah. slowly just understanding, accepting. It's just a different type of uh, flow. It's a different type of all kinds of different dynamics. Like it's just something you get used to, and like I said earlier, it just makes you better. Um, yeah. did, what, did you have similar reservations with no sting? I think no sting. I, I hated it just because it was so bouncy that it didn't matter. At least for the first like year that I played no sting, it didn't matter how well set up you were to catch a ball it would just bounce off you immediately and I hated that so I, I didn't have any catches but after a while I started to kind of get the hang of it and um, and now I mean it's still hard to catch because it's just bounces off you still but it's it's easier than it was yeah it's like different timing different um, mechanics in either trapping the ball or, or pulling it in when you catch it yeah, that's a, yeah. that. That's another reason why I was so impressed with Kate Gong's catch. Like, it, yeah. it's just there is one way to do it, and she did it. And like, 
yeah. it was just it's insane. perfect timing for that that kind of catch yeah and the reflexes with that i, w- I would love to like when, when I want to tell people about how crazy dodgeball is and, and the kind of skill that's required, I would love to show a video of that. Like, look, this person had maybe like half a second to make a decision and her, her body, less than yeah, less than less that. And her body reacted the way it was supposed to. Her eyes actually picked up the ball and then boom, just, she, she knew what she had to do and she did it. Like how, I don't know how much more athletic you, you can be with this, with this game sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, that'll be fun seeing how uh, House and City um, treats you because it's 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 so funny when we do no sting all day, and then we transition to rubber, and it's like you just, you just kind of have to learn how to play dodgeball again for a couple of games. You just like, well, everything's slower now, everything's different. I forgot like how to play rubber for a second, and you just see people miss these like super easy catches and make these awful throws, and it's just a hilarious good time. No, that's exactly what happens in the San Diego Classic, the women's tournament that Kelly runs, because we start with foam, and then we go to no sting. And those two are pretty similar. They're not interchangeable, but they're pretty easy to transition into. And the last one we do is 8.5. So, like, you know, after you see foam and no sting just flying at you, the 8.5, it's like a beach ball coming in. So it's just a catching game at that point. And it doesn't matter how many arms you have on your team, just the difference in between the, the no sting and the 8.5 is, God, it's so easy to catch. So I hate that transition, but I know what to expect. So Nice. Yeah, I just, I laugh at that transition. It's just funny. And then, because um, you know better, like instinctively you do everything you're supposed to or everything that you've been doing for the past couple hours. And then you're like, okay, no rubber is going to come slower. And I know that the catching is going to be a little bit different, but still, sometimes it takes just a little bit more to, to get used to that. Is it is it the same with uh, with pinch and going from like regular 8.5 to pinch? It is the opposite of going to pinch because pinch is just, it's faster. So it's, you know, you're going from something that's, it's open, it's it's fast, but it's not, it's not pinch fast. So going from open to pinch is like way harder than going from no sting to 8.5 I think personally I can't remember the last time I played pinch it was it was like everything was fast forwarded that's a good way to put it just um yeah like yeah I think I can hang and all of a sudden just seeing balls like somehow accelerate as they're flying towards me is like oh wow this is uh this is madness this is crazy (laughs) I hate the what ones that here? start looking like they're going to go over your head and then dip down right into your face. I hate those ones. Yeah, those are fun. <laughs> they're a blast. So, um, so when did you start playing um, NCDA? I started in, I want to say, October of 2012. But I didn't start playing Elite until, like, June of 2015. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um, I'm also trying to get. So with with previous episodes, I'm I'm trying to get an idea of just like different regions and different um, like origins of when leagues uh, started to show up. Um, are there other leagues in Chicago, or is it is NCDA basically the main show right now? So NCDA, I'd say. The only NCDA we have in Chicago is at DePaul, but it's definitely more of a Michigan, Ohio uh, sort of thing. It's it's not exactly in Chicago. The Chicago leagues that we have, it's CDP, which is a no-sting league, and it's more of a social league. It's less of a... I don't want to say it's not competitive because people get really into it, but it's more for fun than it is for... It's less elite-like than... I don't know how if I'm explaining this correctly. If you so it's like it. a recreational league, pretty much. Yeah, it's more recreational, but a lot of elite players go. They just mix in with playing you know, other players that want to have fun for you know for fun. Wow, that's great. great <laughs> <laughs> I can. I'll probably outdo you on that one, so don't worry about it. Who <laughs> um, cares? Funny. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just like loop that over and over again and that'll be the hour long podcast is just just that <laughs> edit that out 
the um, that's pretty much how it is with uh, I mean Tucson dodgeball was set up set up like that. You know, we had um, try to make it so like no more than two elite players per you know rec team because these most of these people are here to have fun play and, and that's it. They're not really that interested in going to elite, but um, we also didn't want to leave out the elite guys. So yeah, it sounds about yeah. That's um, pretty much the same way it is. Like they just don't want stacked teams, but there's yeah, exactly. always one team that wins it. So gotcha rolls eyes and uh what um so what, what got you into elite was it just something you wanted to be a part of um because you said 2015 is when you started to get involved yeah i i just liked it a lot and i liked the people the most so i played in a in like a it's called player sport and social i don't think they have it in california or in the west coast or i don't know if it's just the chicago thing but it's just a they have every kind of sport. They have basketball, volleyball, kickball, all these sports. And they had a volleyball one, so I signed up with a couple elite players. And I just had this, like such a good time that I wanted to keep playing. And elite was what was available because you know, it's either NCDA, which I'm not in college anymore, or it's CDP, which is once a week, or it's elite where you get to travel and be competitive. And I wanted to be competitive. So I just kept playing, kept playing in uh, in the elite rounds, and then joined Rogue. We were called DWO, DWO at the time. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so that was the that old crew. And then we just changed our name to Rogue, and that's where I am now. Gotcha. And was there, like a, was there like a push for you to play in elite prior to that, or was it just kind of one of those things where you just came to it on your own? I think... The summer before that, I played in an elite tournament with like the DePaul NCDA team, but I had no idea what elite was. They're just like, "Hey, you want to play in, in this tournament?" And I said, "Sure," and uh, ended up going. And I had like, I had zero idea what elite rules were, and they're like, "Oh, it's elite rules." I don't know what that means, and I ended Thanks. up stepping out of bounds like six times. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I had no idea, and I didn't know. I didn't know it was a competitive thing. I didn't know anything about it so it took me a year after that to actually understand you don't step out the back like an idiot um yeah so took a while you shouldn't be up on yourself too much about boundaries we um when i did tucson dodgeball we used to do these fraternity tournaments for um for sororities like sororities would be hosting a charity and all the frats would be playing against each other, which is already, you're just asking for like the best of the best of society has to offer with a bunch of drunk 18, 19, 20 year old testosterone ridden dudes. I was hoping you were kidding. Oh yeah, no, I'm being so sarcastic. <laughs> and um, God, thank God. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and just watching them, like we, we saw this one, I'll never forget it. This, this one instance where the whole team is playing, right? One guy throws a ball at this team pops the dude up, hits a guy in the chest, pops up, and the entire team runs out of bounds to catch that one ball. So they're all done. Like, this one kid had this magical play where he took out an entire team by himself with one throw, and, like, in any other, like, sanctioned dodgeball event, that would be legendary, right? Like, how would you even think to make that happen? But somehow this team figured out, like, their best course of action was to all run for the ball out of bounds. And so, like... I was trying to explain to them why they were out, why they lost, why they were kicked, why they were removed from the tournament after that was That's not gonna really, fun. really funny, but it wasn't fun at the time because they just could not comprehend how to stay in bounds. And this is after you had people like Stephanie who were like physically pushing people back in bounds to let them know, hey, there's a line here. And I just, I, I, I just want to know, like, what was your plan? Like, okay, say one of you saved your friend. What are the other four of you gonna do? <laughs> Now that you're out, it's just like, oh man, it was just insane. Oh and like, God, it's so funny. I think it was one of those moments where I was just like completely just dumbfounded in speeches because I was refing the the center line and I was just like, I, what what just happened? Like, I want to talk to them now and understand what what happened. But holy man, that was um, <clears throat> yeah. Don't you shouldn't get on yourself about boundaries like. Some people don't have them. Some people use a wall. So you have situations like uh, Barracana where, you know, it's like a hockey rink slash with AstroTurf. But, yeah. If you ever, if you ever feel yeah. bad for stepping out of bounds, just, just think about that story and, and you should be fine. 
Well, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. That's really bad, actually. I don't know. I feel like that was the hardest part, I think, of transitioning from NCDA to, to elite rules was, I mean, A, the NCDA court is huge, so when you go to the elite court, it's like, you think you have five more feet of room, but, you know, you don't, and you can't put any limb out of bounds, so it's, like, I had so many where I was just like, oh, I have so much room to move back, and then I look down, and the line's two feet in front of me. You're like, oh, no, I don't. I'm actually out now. Like, oh, like, I guess I have to go out. This sucks. So that happened a lot the first, I don't know, I would say two or three rounds for me. I'm a slow learner, apparently. Yeah, I guess that's fair because, like, you have uh, an entire basketball court, don't you, for NCDA? Yeah, yeah, the entire court. So I just, and, and like, you can put one foot out of, you know, if you have something in bounds, the rest of you can be out of bounds. So even if you that's step out, you're still in you still have a foot in. So it's like, it's just, at least when I was playing, I don't know if they've changed the rules since then, but, and also dirty blocking. At the be beginning, you know, you could, and I think they've changed that rule. It has, it has to be clean blocking now in NCDA. But at the beginning, it was all dirty blocking, and going from that to elite where everything is clean was really difficult too. Because, like, I would block it into myself, and they'd call me out, and I was like, no, 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 hit the ball, hit the ball. And then, then I would, you know, my mind would catch up to my temper, and I would realize that, that wasn't the case. Like, no, that's a uh, different change of rules here. Yeah, that that could explain some things because I remember, and this is like one of the many tournaments back in the day. Um, this one guy, like, I, I guess it's what you mean by clean blocking is I can't block it into myself. That, that's what that yeah. means. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I, he like. I, I yeah, he like he blocked it into his, his like his shin, and then he's out, right? And so he's arguing mm -hmm. with the refs. He's like, "No, no, I blocked it, and it hit my shin." And we're like, "Yeah, that's exactly why you're out, dude. Like, bye." Like yeah. he just couldn't understand. And I, I guess um, I guess you kind of forget that. Like some people are just gonna have again going back to that like those those bias and those tendencies. So like it's really hard to kind of um, reprogram your mind when you're in the middle of, of a game and you're used to an entire basketball court. Apparently, you can have like one part of your body inbounds and the rest of you can be out of bounds um yeah it was very very different a lot slower the games took forever oh god yeah and I, I think that's kind of how um that that so that the the clip i'm talking about i think it's 2007 um you know they, they were commentating and i was like wow this game is going just slow enough to actually be somewhat actionable but it's also these people are able to commentate they're telling me who these players are, so I'm kind of slowly starting to get invested in, in who they are versus, um, no offense to Elite, but like, you know, you're watching an Elite game, it's over in like 45 seconds. Oh, yeah. It's really... But, I mean, it's much better as a player, though, because you're not sitting out on the sidelines for an hour waiting to get for a new game. That's true. I, mean, I, I remember, like, you'd get out, and if there were, you know, a couple people in front of you, you were like, well, I'm probably not going to get back in. It's like, I'm coming in never. It just, you just wait 20 minutes for the game to be over, and then you get to play again. And I, I hated that. So um, I very, very strongly support Elite. Love it. Gotcha. And then with, with uh, NCDA, how many players were on a court, too? There, it was because, like, 13 or 14? There's a lot, aren't there? Yeah, it was a lot. It was too many. I think it was, like, 15, maybe. Seemed like a lot. But I don't remember the exact number. Well, definitely got to... Chalk it up to elite. I mean, they they figured out what works for the player really well, and mm -hmm. just one of those things that just continues to be refined and gets better um, as it goes. So it's it's pretty it's pretty exciting to see like what this next um, this next year will bring. Um, I'm excited because I actually get to go to all of them. This is a first that hasn't yeah. happened to me at all ever. So <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that. Um, One thing I wanted to ask was um, Paige versus the curtain. Do you remember that? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what do you want to ask? What are your thoughts? Um, I could run it down as I remember it, as I've seen it, or you can just let us know like what happened between you All and right. the curtain. I've explained this before. Um, I guess I'll do it again. So we're playing this team 
and I was in the middle of my throwing motion, and I knew I knew I shouldn't throw this ball as I was throwing, but I was already like committed to the throw. So instead of just you know stopping, I, I threw a catch, and like the entire time I knew it was you know I just it wasn't the right moment and whatever, but I still did it because for whatever reason. Just instinct. <laughs> yeah, it's like he caught it as I knew he would, and um, I hate getting caught on the court, especially when I'm playing on a men's team or in, in, you know, in an open or a or co-ed, um, mostly for the reason that, and this might I don't I don't know, maybe you will understand this, but as a woman, if you get caught in an open or a pinch or a co-ed, you, you kind of got caught because you're a girl. You didn't get caught because it was a good catch. And that's kind of the, like, the vibe that you get from, from players. It's like, oh, she's, you know, she got caught because, you know, it wasn't a good throw, not because it was a good catch. And so I, that's why I hate getting caught. So I was just really mad, and I, I had to hit something because that's what I do. And there was a curtain. I was like, oh, you know, it's a soft curtain that won't hurt me. Uh, so I went over to punch it, but, you know, like, right behind the curtain, the ground dipped down in a way, so I had nothing to land on. And I, I just fell down. So I had to get back up and put the curtain back in its place. There's just so much to love about that clip or that gif, whatever it has become, that you, you recover... And then you, you set it right, and then you, you like you tell somebody, hold on, I'm gonna punch this curtain still. <laughs> like I've got I've got business I gotta finish right now. And like I forgot who it was, but you just like no, I'm not. You just hold on, and then you just like. This is when I realized like you don't mess with Paige because like your your punch just looked just completely just perfect, just in line, and you had the torque, you had like everything just looked right. I was like she probably knocked somebody out. So um, I'm gonna take the, one from the curtain and. Yeah, as long as you're not a curtain, you're, you're probably going to die. So um, it was A, hilarious, but it was also B, just a good warning never to get on your bad side. So um, mm. noted, unless I, again, can can draw upon the alloy of, an, of a curtain, then I'll be okay. But I was just, uh, <clears throat> I remember you, you definitely um, kind of get hard on yourself, just playing open a few times with you. Like if you get caught out or you get hit, you're like, oh, dang it. And you just, well, you're not saying dang it, you're just, you know colorful language as you're walking to the the queue so I knew you had some kind of like you must have done something something that upset you and so that makes sense um, most of that is in just good fun um, I think it's it's kind of funny when we play like when I play with my friends they all know that's kind of my personality and then when I play with people that I don't know and they don't know that that's like my way of just having fun with them they like get mad at me it's, <laughs> it's always fun the first couple times and then they're like oh you're actually not a raging b-hole um <laughs> little do they know though so yeah so it's it's always fun but it's also really sh stinky the first couple times <laughs> yeah i just um the first one was like oh wow she's she's really taking this kind of hard and then i was like um it, it, is she okay like do i need to <laughs> You'd have a little timeout intervention. You'd be like, hey, I think you need to just take a glass of water and just, just calm down and like watch the kids play soccer or something. And then I realized, like, oh, okay, she's not. That made me so much worse. Yeah. Again, this is all from a distance. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to approach this person. Uh, Mason, little help. Um, you take the fall for this one. <laughs> no. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's just in good fun. Yeah. But, yeah, I, uh, I mean, it, it, is, it is, like, extremely irritating when you get caught and you're playing with the guys especially especially in co-ed because then they're like oh no like girl don't throw anymore give me your balls and it's like i don't want to um or they tell you to hold and a lot of co-ed teams have they always tell you to hold and it's so irritating when the boys tell you to hold and then they leave the girls in to be the last one and then they're like oh yeah i get a catch save the games oh, yeah you know? when, you, when you don't look at that they look at you like why didn't you do your job like yeah so I, I absolutely hate throwing catches because I don't want to be seen as as like a last in just you know just catch. I want to I want to be like an active offensive player as well. 
So that's why I, I get like pissed off when I throw catches. So. That's fair. Um, so I, I heard something, kind of a good segue. Um, I heard something really interesting during the LA Classic, and I, I don't know what team it was. I'm not sure who it was. I probably pointed out to you if, if it really mattered, but definitely one of the tougher females out there who makes catches, makes plays, is a solid player, um, just because I, I know of this person, right? And um, she, her team was losing, or they had just lost, and she yelled out, protect the men. And I thought that was like a really, that was a really interesting thing to hear, because it wasn't, don't throw, it wasn't like your typical, what you expect from um, a female player, it was protect the men. So it's like, in addition to making that last minute clutch catch when you're the only person left, in addition to being a um, a ball retriever, now you're like a meat shield. And I'm not really sure like how, if that's cool or if that's like a slight. And um, the, the reason why I thought it was neat is because where else do like females take it upon themselves to protect another player? Like that, that just, that was, I don't know. It was like an interesting thing that, um, that I had heard and like that she felt like that was her role. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts yeah, on that? I definitely agree. Like I'm not, I'm not going to compete with Payan. I know that I'm not going to compete with Nate or Vince. And I, I know that. And so, if that's the case, like yeah, I would I would gladly take take it out to keep them in to win the game. I mean that's that's part of playing as a team. But I think that until you get to that point, you need to actually play as a team. And like I would I how how do I explain this? I would want those three players in before me. I would want a lot of players in before me. But if you use your female's arms, if you use them up at the line, because I know I go, oh, okay, the other thing, I know I see a lot of co-ed teams, guys will take two balls and they'll go up to the front line and they'll throw one and then no one will have another ball to even even pump fake or even just make an attempt to, to distract the other team and then the guy gets hit with the ball. And I've seen this happen so many times and it's just these these guys that are so ball hungry that they don't give the girl the ball who can throw just fine and they go and they take two up to the line and that's right. I think that's what irritates me because um, those are the teams that the girl gets left in the last to get hit I don't know yeah and they're staring down Payan and Nate Crater and, and everybody like cool like I'll I'll definitely catch one of these of course this like, is great yeah throw throw at me <laughs> this is where I want to be can I just step out the back is that is that cool <laughs> gosh you guys yeah heaven forbid they do that um, well the reason why I bring that up is because so for me you know there's been maybe it's a Tucson thing maybe it's a former evil thing but like our girls have always been the offensive nature and so it just makes sense like most people aren't expecting you to line up with a female player and have that person be the main thrower, let alone throw with you. And all you have to do is just adjust your timing. So like you can be watching me all day, but if you don't watch Stephanie coming in from the right or whoever else is playing, it sucks to be you. Um, Cause we had Jackie playing and she had a pretty crazy oh. arm. And I think she kind of, yeah. yeah. And I think she, she kind of helped shape that mentality for me. It's like this girl can throw like harder than most guys I know. So you are mm -hmm. absolutely going to throw with us. Like you're not supposed to fetch balls or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but when I would throw, you know, and, and I would be retreating back and then, you know, Vince or somebody might be running me down, but then, you know, out steps in front of me, you know, Stephanie or somebody else. And, and that's what I thought she meant by protect the men, because it's, it's not so much being a meat shield. It's just, you know, if I'm throwing, if I'm running down, I don't know, say catch him. I'm like, yes, I have a chance to get him. I got to take him out and freaking Kate Gong gets in front of them, I'm going to rethink my, my strategy. I'm like, mm, maybe not. Like, Yeah. Yeah, and, and, that, and that I can understand, like, protect the men, you know, you, but it's hard to protect somebody by being a meat shield, like you said. It's, it's, it's almost, it's just kind of saying, like, here, take my out instead, which I get, but I think it's more practical and it's a, it's a better strategy to have another ball given so you can actually you know be a threat instead of be a target 
And I think yep. that's what what I uh, think that's what I mean. I, I guess that's the way we put it, like, be a threat rather than be a target. Um, like you said, if you saw Kate Gunn there, you'd be like, oh, screw that. Like, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take, you know, take a second, reset, and then go back up instead of seeing her step out in front of Ketchum, and you're probably closer to her anyway. He's probably going to be, like, 15 feet away, and you might be able to light her up that way. Um, right. So I don't know. I guess that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so when I, earlier when I said, like, I thought it was kind of cool, um, what I meant was, like, again, this is coming from back in the day where, uh, you know, it's your timid, scared girlfriend that's playing. It's usually the guys that are trying to be, y'all, I'll protect you, you know, you don't have to worry about it, it's just dodgeball. Whereas now it's like, no, some some of these girls are legit going to protect their, their teammate. It's not even a, a matter of, of gender or, or sex. It's, no, this is what I can contribute because I can block really well or I can catch really well. Yeah. And so I, I thought like that's kind of how it struck me. It was just, it wasn't so much, and maybe saying meat shield was the wrong word. Stalwart shield might have been the better term. Because Stephanie has definitely done this for Brett a lot. And it's really aggravating because when we play in our social league, you know, Brett will throw, he'll pick off some of my guys, I might have a chance to run him down. And then lo and behold, here comes Stephanie. I'm like, dang it. Like, stop hiding behind Stephanie, Brett. <laughs> like, fight your own battles. But it's just, it's just cool because it, again, coming from how it's developed from, girls turning their backs girls not wanting to play girls giving up halfway through the tournaments like most girls have they know what their role is some, some people can throw really well some can catch phenomenally some are great blockers um you have girls like sarah slaybaugh who are really good at keeping the team organized and are good play callers good strategists it's just it's cool to see that and that's kind of where i was going basically with that with that comment i think the role of a player changes from player to player too and i mean just because like, uh, okay, for example, so on my open team, I play corner. And I like and I and I told the guys, I was like, listen, if you want this ball, just take it because I know that overall my, my throw is not as strong as your guys. But I still play corner because I tend to not make stupid throws. Tend to not make stupid throws. And I can counter relatively well so it's it's sort of I mean it, it just depends on the player um, and Marcus on my team I don't know if you're Marcus, but he can catch really well and so can Ben Tyler can catch really well too Tyler can throw and he can catch so he's he, he's in the middle for the most part and he can also catch really well so he's in the middle on the other side but it's just depending on like what each personal strength is um, and I think that goes for the guys as well as the girls. So it's it's not so much of like a girls know their role. It's kind of a what kind of player is this girl? Is this girl an arm? Is this girl a catcher? Can this girl do both? Uh, does she block? Does she does she go up to the line and and pump fake and then retreat and pump fake again to get you know people on the other side back? It just depends on the kind of player someone is, not what their gender is. Yes. Yeah, no, that, that's well put, and that's I mean that, that's no different than a male player because you have your yeah. arms, you have your catchers, you have your or yeah, on Booch, I, like Derek Johnson catches and throws, but he's in the middle a lot of the time because people don't want to throw at him, so he can get away with it. Yeah, he can get away with it. it yeah, it's just different. Yeah, that, that's one of the. I feel like that's one of dodgeball's greatest strengths is is men and women can play alongside each other, each have equal stake in the in the outcome of the game, each contributes as much as the next person. And I I don't really maybe I'm just not familiar with other co ed sports, but for me it just seems like that is one where you don't have to I don't want to say bend the rules or manipulate them in certain ways. Because like when we would play certain sports in school, um, you know, if if you're playing a co ed, you know, if a girl scores that's like worth two points or there there's always some kind of like um, yeah, let's do that. Every time a girl in co-ed gets a guy out, there's two players out. Oh, let's definitely not do that. Let's <laughs> that, do that, yeah. That would not go well. <laughs> yeah, there's always been some kind that. of like way to, um, I want to say augment the sport a little bit, but just make it seem more, so that would be more inclusive, so there would be more reason to include the female players, but I don't really see that happening with dodgeball anymore. Um, you know, well, it's, it's like uh, trying to use two different ball sizes, so... There'll be like the stingers for that girls can throw, and then the bigger balls that the guys can throw. So, I've seen that, but it never it never pans out how it's supposed to. No. 
Yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, again, coming from back in the day to where we are now to where we'll be five years from now, I don't even think stuff like that will even be a, an issue. No. I think the girls that are coming out now are, are just as dangerous. I mean, crap, you play, you play pinch. Like, that's insane. I, I won't even do that, so... We That's we a, were there was a, a post in like the women of dodgeball group um, and it was really interesting and I forget who it was from but um, it was basically talking about whether coed is actually a good thing for women's sports and the rationale behind it was that every professional sport like basketball there's there's a men's and there's a women's soccer there's a men's and there's a women's baseball and softball it's it's separate it's not it's not co-ed. So the question was, is co-ed dodgeball really a good thing to promote women in dodgeball? And I was, I was intrigued by that because I enjoy playing co-ed, but it makes you, it makes you wonder if, because you know, all these issues that we're talking about in co-ed and are women really kind of, are like, are they meat shields or are they, are they arms? Are they, are they active parts of the team? And like, it's, it's, it's an interesting discussion to have with different people, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you just look at, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe just like look at the, the co-ed team. Now, is this co-ed team winning because they know how to utilize every player or are they winning because they're relying on the talents of one or two people? Now, it's kind of like the same thing with, with like an open men's division. Are they mm-hmm. winning because some dude can throw 80 miles an hour or they're utilizing all talents of the six people playing? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, it's definitely interesting. I wasn't really planning on spending too much time with that, but it just there was a couple things that I think you mentioned about. that. Yeah, you just kind of brought it up, and it's one of those things that that kind of just stays in the back of my mind, just because again, comparing the good old days versus now, and uh, just seeing you know where it's going to go down the road. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah. So the only other question I have, um, and I usually like to end conversations with this one. Actually, nope, I lied. Just kidding. Um, I was reading your profile on the uh, the top ten women, and there's something mentioned about being able to block with one hand. Can you elaborate on that, that a little bit? I think that's pinch, because I can't block open with an eight point five. I cannot do that. Yeah, it says, uh, and not to totally put you on the spot here, but it's rare to see a woman player that can block a top player's throw with only one hand on the 8.5 inch. It's got to be pinch. Still, though. Like, I can't do it. I'm just straight up open. That is beastly, still. But you're saying, like, you chances are that was, like, a pinched throw already. So, yes, you may have, like, the grip might have held, but still, that's... Can't imagine what the impact was that of that would be like, but that's that's still no, no small feat. Um, mostly just wanted to comment on that. That's that's pretty cool. Um, do you remember that play at all, or what that was referencing? Uh, no, um, we we play a lot of pinch, so nothing really stands out like that. But I mean, it, it was it was probably just a, a block, a regular block, with another ball in my hand. Just another. Another day, another block kind of thing. <laughs> another block, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No. Cool. Yeah, I just wanted to, to comment on that real quick. And then, okay, so the, the question I did want to end up with is, um, what is your current favorite uh, dodgeball memory to date? Like, do you have a favorite, favorite tournament, tournament or event or just the, the thing that stands out the most? You couldn't give me a heads up for this? I thought I did. Not for this question. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's no wrong or right answer. Just like the first thing that comes to mind, and you can totally you know change what? it. I mean, um, I absolutely loved playing with. Uh, it was Invasion and Pop that like the mix up at Bell's this year because we had like Team USA was playing as Team USA, and so it was kind of like the we called ourselves the leftovers of Pop That and Invasion, and then I got to play with them. Nice. And just getting to play with like these other women that I've you know I've never played with them. I've only been on the opposite side of the court, but playing with them was so much fun. And uh, and I don't know, it was just a a really great tournament. We like played together so well, and it was it was kind of cool to 
just play with people I've never, I've never like really even gotten to know. And we just, I don't know, we meshed really well. I, was, I had a fantastic time that weekend. So loved it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It was a good tournament. Well, I mean, you still have uh, Sin City. You've got all of 2018 Elite, and I'm sure you've got many more dodgeball tournaments to go. So I'm sure there'll be much more to come from that. Yeah. In terms of Hopefully great not. experiences. Um, cool. Well, um, that's all I really got. So um, I don't want to take up much more of your time. Um, definitely want to thank you for um, giving me about hour, 20 minutes of your evening. So that's much appreciated. This is fun. Alrighty, well that was Paige Peterson out of Chicago. Paige, thank you so much for uh, hopping on and allowing me to reschedule on you. Um, when I was sick, I was definitely not talkable, so uh, appreciate that. Had a great time. Look forward to uh, having you on the podcast again in the near future. Um, as far as the rest of the episode goes, um, I know I sound like a broken record when I say back in the day or refer to how things used to be, but I guess that's one of the overarching themes of this podcast, at least for the first couple episodes. Um, so with that qualifier kind of out of the way, I just want to say how incredibly impressive it is to have women's divisions packed full of fierce and competitive players such as Paige, players that are doing every sort of variation of dodgeball and are even playing pinched. Um, I find that incredible. Uh, why? Because back in the day, in order to meet the co-ed requirement, teams would pull from their girlfriends to their relatives um, just so they can have a body. And a female player that um, wanted to be there was a rarity. Uh, There's a lot of tournaments where they were co-ed required. You had to have at least two females. And, I mean, it was, it was that or you don't play. And so being able to exist in a dodgeball world where that's not an issue anymore is phenomenal. Um, so from being dragged onto the court unwillingly or as a favor to being used only as a retriever of balls to standing shoulder to shoulder with their comrades, the evolution of co-ed dodgeball has come a long way and I think is one of the greater assets of this game. Maybe wrong, maybe right, but that's just uh, an opinion. Because um, where else can men and women play alongside each other with equal impact to the team's outcome? Um, kind of talked about it a little bit during the podcast, and I was definitely trying not to make it about um, gender or, or the whole co-ed aspect, but I just think it's one of those things that may be overlooked with dodgeball as a whole, and I think that could be a great appeal to those that don't play and those that aren't familiar with Elite and UDC and all that good stuff. So anyway, if you have any uh, opinions, questions, comments, you know how to find me, you know how to get a hold of me, you know where to, uh, to leave your feedback. So that being said, have a great uh, Friday evening and I'll catch you next time. Nice. I like that one. Straight to the point. Less about me, more about them. Tight. <laughs>